Welcome to Good Returns TV. Now I'm going to take a bit of a different approach today and introduce Noah uh, from Macau. Like, welcome Noah. Can you um, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and maybe tell me your surname? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, uh, Philip. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, so to start uh, with the surname uh, Noah Schildknecht, a difficult name to pronounce. And uh, sure enough, I've spelt it uh, many, many times uh, <laughs> since I've uh, came to New Zealand. Um, so yeah, born and bred in Switzerland, um, but have been here in New Zealand uh, for uh, coming up 15 years now. Uh, so my wife and I uh, fell in love with New Zealand a long time ago and decided this is a great place so, yeah. uh, to bring up kids. Um, and then uh, coming up about four years ago, uh, started uh, Macau Investments with my business partner, John Horrell. So we're an advice uh, firm, investment consulting, uh, working with wholesale investors in the New Zealand market. And financial planning firms as well. That's right, yeah. So financial planning firms, uh, not-for-profits, superannuation mm -hmm. funds, and yeah. a number of other um, wholesale investors. Yeah. And so tell me, one of the things we were talking about is like, how do you, how do you, how do you pick a fund manager? And you were, you were saying, you know, making the point to me that, you know, using past performance is a really bad idea. How, how, so how do you go about it? Yeah, so we have quite uh, an involved uh, process. Uh, but before I go into that, maybe just uh, to bring this a bit to life, why is it not a good idea to just select based on uh, past performance? And uh, I quite often like to use uh, sports as an analogy. Mm -hmm and rugby maybe a bit too soon uh, to talk about uh, the rugby. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start with an example from a, from a uh, say a 100 meter race. So you and I and Usain Bolt uh, do a 100 meter race. It's pretty clear who's gonna be the winner. Maybe the two of us will have a close battle for second, um, but it's clear that uh, Usain's gonna win. And we don't need to repeat that race uh, 50 times to determine whether skill uh, was important in determining uh, the outcome. So luck doesn't really play a role uh, in that space. If we come to investments, unfortunately, there's both skill and luck involved with uh, outcomes, and that's true for fund managers as well. So let's uh, say uh, you and I start a fund manager, and rather than do all the hard work on companies and think about which ones are right, we just put the names of, say, um, the stocks in the NZX50 on a dartboard, and we just start to throw darts, and whenever we hit the name, we say, okay, we're gonna invest in, in that company. Now, after a year's time, it might be that with that terrible approach, we might have really good uh, performance. Just by chance, we might have selected uh, the winners with uh, throwing darts at, at the board. So not only might, uh, maybe we have outperformed the NZX50, maybe we also outperformed all the other managers. So we're at uh, the top of the leaderboard, uh, call it uh, uh, dart throwers asset management is, <laughs> is first. Um, now, would you say that's the right manager to pick? Obviously not, right? Um, that's not a good investment process. So it's really important to look beyond the performance, especially over the short term, and actually look at how uh, fund managers are making decisions. Mm -hmm. And and so so you spend a lot of time talking to fund managers and understanding their processes, and, and how easy is it to get access to them? Uh, it is easy actually to, to get access. I think um, in those four years, and we probably talked to, um, I'm gonna say about 100 fund manager. Oh. 
we had only one that said, Ma, we're, we won't let you uh, talk to a portfolio manager. And we said, right, in, in that case, we, we can't give you, you know, potentially a good, good rating. We really need access to the people that are making decisions. And actually, that fund manager turned around and said, yes, OK, we're going to let you talk to a portfolio <laughs> manager as well. So even though we're, you know, we're a small firm and this is a small market, actually access uh, hasn't been an, an issue to, mm -hmm. to date, which is really, really pleasing. And so what are the key things you're looking for? Yeah, we sort of have two um, parts to our framework. One is what we call the outside view, where we look at uh, the firm, the team and the process. So is it a stable firm? Is there good governance? Um, is there a good investment process, compliance, risk management and, and so forth? Just giving you a few examples, mm -hmm. there's, there's a number of criteria. And team, is it an experienced team? Um, do they have a good track record? Do they have enough resources to um, uh, analyze the, the, the market they're in? Um, that's what we call the outside view. That's mainly informed by uh, a questionnaire and mm -hmm. by other um, public sources. But then importantly, we think we need to talk to the people involved in the process mm -hmm. as well. Um, that's what we call the inside view. We sort of say, a bit like when you buy a house, you're not just going to look at it from the outside. You actually want to understand what's going on in, inside as, as well. So that's a lot more interview based. And we, we talk to analysts, portfolio managers and also the traders and then have uh, three categories that we um, rate. Um, operations, which is more the trading aspect. Um, we also um, look at culture. So is this actually a productive and, and good working environment? We think that's really important and sometimes overlooked. Even if you have great people, if they can't work together, that might not lead to good outcomes. And then uh, last but not least, skill. Do they actually have unique insights into uh, the market? Do they actually see something that others uh, don't see and thereby have a chance to outperform uh, the benchmark? So out of the you know, 100 or so managers you've spoken to, what percentage sort of get through your screening process? Um, I think in terms of who do we rate right at the top, it's a, it's a small percentage. And that's sort of a reflection as well of, I guess, the statistics you can look at how many fund managers do actually outperform. Mm -hmm. Not all of them out, outperform. So uh, it's a relatively uh, small percentage where we give our highest uh, rating uh, by rating. Um, and uh, as I said, um, that's sort of... Uh, reflective of, of um, all the academic evidence that points to not all the managers will, will outperform. In fact, the majority probably won't. And do you find that sort of, you know, the, 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 you know it's one of the big debates that in New Zealand, the active managers, quite a few of them do outperform. Is that, is that your experience? Um, look, look, it, it, it depends. And New Zealand is, is definitely traditionally a better uh, market for, for active management, uh, we find. So um, um, I, th I think what, you, what you're saying is, is right. Um, but it all goes in uh, cycles as well. So often you find that a manager might have a certain style, for example, value investing. Uh, some, some people might be familiar with had a really, really difficult time um, all the yeah. way <laughs> until um, sort of the, the, the bottom of the, the, the market after um, the pandemic. Um, and that has actually now come back a lot. So it's important as well to have some context around is it the right environment for a manager to, to outperform? And if it's not, that doesn't necessarily mean they're not skilled. Yeah. It just means that their style is out the of favor. Style. So it's also interesting at the moment because the markets are 
obviously very difficult and we've seen performance has been been down for a long time. So how much harder is that making it for managers and for you to actually select the managers to use? Um, I, I think it's 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 never going to be easy, right? The market environment is 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 always going to going to be challenging. Um, you know, it could be that you have a few uh, stocks leading the way, as we yeah. saw earlier in the year. That can be challenging uh, for investment uh, managers. Sometimes you see everything going up at the same time. That can be challenging as well. So I don't think there's ever an easy environment uh, for active management, and that's why it's really important to spend a lot of time on on making sure that they have a good process in. Yeah. in selecting. Uh, and so when you're putting portfolios together, are you using index funds as well? Uh, we do as well, yes. Yeah. And for us, it's really important that not everyone should be an active manager. For some, actually, passive might be, might be the right uh, yeah. uh, approach. Uh, one of the things that I, uh, I think is important as well for active management is you need to be patient. Mm. You might have these periods of underperformance, we just mentioned value, right? And they can be, can be multiple years. If you don't have a pa the patience as an investor to go through these cycles, then possibly passive is, is the better approach. So, yeah. so we think it's not one uh, size fits all. It really depends on the circumstances and, and the beliefs of, yeah. of the investor as well. So, so how often would a manager fall off your recommended list? Um, Maybe maybe once once a year or so I, I think there's there's or maybe a couple of times there's a significant downgrade. Often that has mm. to do with uh, people uh, leaving the firm. If you have very senior um, professionals uh, leaving a fund manager, that's usually a time where you um, would, would mm. downgrade. That's a, a big a trigger, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, so it's certainly interesting times out there. And and your outlook at the moment for the. Well, unfortunately, not overly uh, positive. Now it's always hard to um, um, make short-term predictions, but I think uh, we might uh, still have some challenging times ahead of us. I still think there's a chance that we'll see a, a significant recession, uh, not, not just here, but, but in the US. Yeah. And typically, if that happens, uh, share markets don't perform very well. So um, yeah, um, we'll, we'll, we'll take it if we're off to the races a, a, again, but just fundamentally looking at valuations, there's probably um, reason to be you know, somewhat uh, cautious. But again, short-term uh, predictions yeah. are uh, fraught with uh, errors. Um, <laughs> yes, and, and, so and, and, we'll, and it we'll seems, see. Yeah, it seems short-term predictions now are really difficult because it is such a, a, an interesting environment. Absolutely, yeah, yes. Yeah. Awesome, hey, thanks for your time, Noah, and lovely to have you in the studio. Great to be here, thanks, yeah. Philip. Cheers.